From Kindred Church, your inclusive church family. This podcast is a collection of sermons from our weekly worship services in Durham, North Carolina. Whatever your background is, wherever you are on your faith journey, we hope this message helps you take your next steps in response to God's unconditional love. Well, hello and welcome to Kindred Church. It's so good to be with you. If we've not met before, my name is Daniel. I'm the pastor here. And if this is your first time to tune in with us, we're especially glad that you've joined us. Our scripture reading for today comes from Isaiah uh, chapter 54, and we're looking at verses 2 and 3. And it says this, Enlarge the sight of your tent and stretch out the drapes of your dwellings. Don't hold back. Lengthen your tent ropes and strengthen your stakes. To the right and to the left, you will burst out, and your children will possess the nation's land and settle their desolate cities. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, today we are starting a new sermon series. It's called Arise and Shine. It's part of our annual generosity campaign. And before we really get into the the series itself, I just wanted to say a quick word about why we do an annual generosity campaign, because I'm guessing that some of you have questions and and some of you may have feelings about this uh, as well. Um, As you can probably guess, there is a fundraising component to our generosity campaign. And that's simply because on a practical level, we need to make sure that we fully fund our vision for the upcoming year. We need to make sure we fully fund our ministries over the year ahead of us. Uh, Just like you have bills to pay and I have bills to pay, the church has bills to pay if if we want to keep living into the mission that that we believe that God has given us. So that's a part of it. Uh, But on a deeper level, this generosity campaign is not primarily about us, and it's not even primarily about our generosity. But first and foremost, it's about God. And it's about God's generosity. This is a season when we get to celebrate all that God is doing for us and and through us here at Kindred Church. And it's a season when we get to celebrate the ways that God is giving us opportunities to to be a part of what God is doing here at Kindred Church. And so if you're new to us at Kindred or if you've been around a a long time, either way, I hope these next few weeks are going to be uplifting and and inspiring as we're celebrating God, as we're celebrating our mission and, and the opportunities that God has given to us. Now, before I go any further here, I do just want to lift up several caveats for us because my guess is that at least for some of you, the the whole idea of a generosity campaign, it just, it makes you very nervous. uh, And there are some good reasons for that. I know that some of you are coming from a church background where you were taught or maybe it was implied to you that if you give more money to the church, God will favor you more. God will bless you more. Maybe God will forgive you more or something like that. And so I just want to be super clear that at Kindred Church, we would never teach anything like that. That is unbiblical. That's manipulative. That that is just plain wrong. Uh, So nothing in this campaign is about buying God's favor or anything like that. I know that for others of you, uh, you've been part of a church in your past that had some kind of financial corruption going on. And if that's you, I wouldn't blame you for for being skeptical about us here at Kindred. Um, But I want you to know that we have policies in place. We have structures in place. We have oversight in place to make sure our finances are handled properly. And I won't get into the weeds and the details of of all of that here in the sermon. But if that's something that's interesting to you or or important to you and and you want to know more, reach out to me and and I'll be happy to to give you the details um, about that. I know that for still others of us, regardless of our church background and in our experience of church, uh, for many of us, money is just a very sensitive subject 
And that makes sense. I mean, money is, is very personal to us. And research tells us that money is the number one source of stress for the vast majority of Americans. And so if we're already in a place where we're stressed about money, and then we show up to church or we tune into church like this and we're encouraged to give more money, that can sometimes hit a nerve, right? And it can raise all kinds of feelings within us, maybe feelings of anxiety, uh, feelings of guilt, feelings of, of shame or judgment or, or inadequacy or resentment or some combination of, of all of the uh, above. And so if you're somebody who's feeling any of that right now today as we think about the, the generosity campaign, that there's a couple things that I really want you to know. Uh, first of all, nothing in this campaign is meant to, to make you feel any sense of anxiety or guilt or, or anything like that. Uh, I know what it's like when money is tight. I think most of us probably know what it's like when, when money is tight. And so as we're exploring generosity together, uh, please never feel like anybody is judging or pointing fingers or, or anything like that. Uh, everything in this generosity campaign is meant to be helpful and not at all Hurtful. I'm going to say that again and I'm going to repeat this over and over again throughout this campaign because this is so important for us. Everything in the campaign is meant to be helpful and not at all hurtful. That's, that's the first thing I want you to know. Second thing I want you to know is that if you're in a place right now where you're kind of in a financial crisis or, or your finances just feel out of control, uh, I've been there before. I know what that's like. That's super overwhelming and, and super stressful. Um, and so if, if that's where you are, please reach out to me because I'd love the chance to, to pray with you in the midst of that. I'd love the chance to remind you that you're not alone as you navigate that. And I have some resources that I think might be helpful to, to help you find financial stability and, and financial peace in your life. Now, having lifted up all of those caveats, uh, some of you may still be very skeptical, and, and I get that, um, but I hope you'll stick with us here, and I hope you'll keep an open mind over the next few weeks, um, because again, all of this is meant to be helpful and, and not hurtful, uh, and I think this is really going to be a, an uplifting time for, for all of us as we celebrate God, as we celebrate Kindred's mission, and as we celebrate that the opportunities that God has in store for us. So with all that being said, with all those uh, preliminaries uh, in mind, let's get into part one of this sermon series. And I'm excited to, to spend a few minutes with you looking at this passage in Isaiah 54, because there's some really powerful implications in this passage for you and for me, and there's certainly some really powerful implications for our church. Uh, but before we get into the passage itself, uh, here's a framing question that will help us to, to think about all of this. Here, here's a question for you to consider. Have you ever been through a time when God was doing more than you could see at that time? Have you ever been through a time when God was doing more than you could see at that time? I'll give you an example from my life and, and you can be thinking about your, your own life. Um, back when I was a senior in high school, I was trying to decide where to go to college. You know, oftentimes seniors have to make this, this big life decision. And uh, ultimately, I chose to go to NC State, go Wolfpack. I know we got a lot of Tar Heels around here, a lot of Blue Devils around here, so don't boo me, but, but I decided to go to, to NC State. And when I made that decision, uh, I mean, I grew up in church, so I'm sure I prayed about it some, and, and I'm sure I was grateful to, to God for that opportunity. But, but I, I don't remember feeling like God was super involved in that decision. I mean, the, the, the primary reason that I chose NC State was just because I, I thought it was the best choice for me, and, and I was just going there to, to get my degree. Well, I go off to NC State. And about two weeks after I get there, my, my freshman year, uh, I just happened to meet this beautiful young woman, this amazing, intelligent, bright young woman named 
Kirsten. And even though Kirsten was way out of my league, uh, somehow, still don't know exactly how, but somehow I convinced her to go out with me. And we started dating and we ended up dating all the way through college. We got married right afterwards. And now we've been married for 11 years. We've got two amazing kids. And these, I hope it goes without saying, are like the most important people in my entire life. So looking back on it, you know, I, I went to NC State for the main purpose of, of getting a, a degree. That, that's the primary reason I thought that I was going there. Um, and I did get a degree and I'm grateful for that. But I got something that is so much more important to me than a degree, right? If I hadn't gone to NC State, I wouldn't have met my wife. I wouldn't have kids. Uh, my, my kids, they just, they wouldn't exist, right? Uh, so, so all of that means that in hindsight, I can see God was doing much more in that moment as I decided to go to NC State. God was doing much more in that moment than I could see at the time. And I bet as you think about your life, you've probably been through some, some similar situations yourself, right? Maybe it was that you, know, you, you, you went out with some friends that one night and, and maybe you weren't planning to go out at all, but you went out anyways and you ended up meeting the person who is now your partner and it changed your life. Uh, or maybe you went to some random yoga class and you ended up meeting the person who's now your best friend in this, in this whole world. Uh, maybe there was this internship that you kind of got stuck with and you thought you were going to hate and you wanted a better internship, but you got stuck with this one. And you ended up loving it. And it ended up paving the way for you to have a, an amazing career uh, or something like that. I'm sure all of us have our own stories like this of, of when God was just doing more than we could see at the time. Well, the reason I wanted to get us thinking about this today is because that's kind of what's going on here in Isaiah 54. Uh, this is the context for this passage. Um, Isaiah is a book in the Old Testament. Many of you know this. Uh, this takes place about 500 years before Jesus. And uh, the, the protagonists, the, the main characters in, in this passage are the Judeans the people of the kingdom of Judah. And when we meet them here, the Judeans are in a really, really bad situation. And, and here's why. Not long before this, uh, the, the great Babylonian empire had invaded the kingdom of Judah and they took over, the Babylonians took over, they destroyed the, the capital city of Jerusalem. They even destroyed the Judean temple in Jerusalem, which was like supposed to be the, the house of God. I mean, it was like the, the central place of, of the Judeans' worship. And then not only that, but after the Babylonians came in and destroyed everything, they ended up carting off a whole bunch of the Judeans uh, into exile back in, in Babylon. And they made the Judeans be servants and they made the Judeans be slaves in Babylon. So as, as you can imagine, this was a really devastating experience for the Judean people. It was really devastating. And by all appearances, uh, by all appearances, the, the Judeans, this, this was their end, right? They had met their demise. By all appearances, it seemed like all the Judeans were, were just going to die out in exile, meaning that their whole faith was probably going to die out, meaning that their, their God-given mission in the world, it seemed, was, was probably going to die out as well. And, and as they're grappling with, with the reality of, of this, the Judeans start asking some really hard theological questions. They start grappling with some hard spiritual questions, questions like, God, where are you? Questions like, God, how could you allow this to happen to us? Questions like, God, what are you doing right now? Because it sure seems like you're not doing very much. I know many of us have been through a season. Maybe you're in a season right now 
where you're asking that very same question. God, what are you doing right now? Because it sure doesn't seem like you're doing very much. That's a dark place to, to be, but, but that's where the Judeans were at this time. Well, as all of that is, is going on, uh, along comes this guy named the prophet Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah. Now, sometimes we hear the word prophet today and we think of like someone who can predict the future and we imagine like a psychic staring into a crystal ball or, or something like that. Uh, that's not what scripture means. That, that's not what prophet means in the Bible. Prophets in the Bible uh, are, are basically preachers. Uh, they're these messengers who get called by God to give a message from God to the people of God. So, so that's who Isaiah is. And when Isaiah comes up on the scene here, uh, the text doesn't say this, but I kind of imagine that the prophet Isaiah is going around with a smile on his face. And people are wondering, like, why on earth is Isaiah smiling? You know, here we are in the middle of this dark, devastating situation. Why is Isaiah smiling? Well, Isaiah goes to the people and he starts to preach to the Judeans. And he says, hey, listen up. I've got a message from God that is just for you. And that's when he says this. This is the, the passage that we read in Isaiah 54. God, through Isaiah, says this to the Judeans. Enlarge the site of your tent. Stretch out the drapes of your dwellings. Don't hold back. Lengthen your tent ropes. Strengthen your stakes. To the right, to the left, you will burst out. And your children will possess the nation's land and settle their desolate cities. Now, what on earth does that mean? Well, all of that is basically Old Testament lingo for God saying to the Judeans, hey, don't be fooled by your current circumstances. Don't be fooled because I am doing so much more than you can see right now. God's saying, even though you can't see it yet, your time in exile is getting ready to come to an end. Even though you can't see it yet, your community that you, that you think is dying out right now, your community is actually about to grow. God is saying, even though you can't see it yet, your mission in this world and your impact in this world are getting ready to grow in ways that you can't even imagine. And so God says, enlarge your tent, uh, aka get ready now. Start dreaming big and then start dreaming bigger. But because God is saying, I'm doing more than you can see right now, so go ahead and start preparing. Start preparing for a future that you can't fully see yet. That's God's message here. Start preparing for a future that you can't fully see yet. Well, here's what I want to suggest to us today. What if, what if that message is not just for those ancient Judeans 2,500 years ago, but what if that very same message applies to us right here, right now at Kindred Church today? Now, obviously, in many ways, we're in a different situation than the ancient Judeans, right? Like, we're not in exile. Uh, our situation is not nearly so, so dark and, and, and dire, at least for us collectively as a, a church community, uh, right? Uh, but but um, what if that same message still applies to us? You know, God told the, the Judeans, God said, don't get so fixated on your current circumstances uh, that, that you miss the fact that your community is about to grow and your mission and your impact are about to grow, right? God told the ancient Judeans, get ready for that. Start preparing for that, but prepare for a future that you can't fully see yet. Uh, I don't know about you, but I kind of hear God giving that same message to us right here, right now at Kindred Church today. Think about it right now. 
what is Kindred Church? What do, what do we look like? Well, uh, we're we're a, a new church community, right? It's it's been less than a year since we launched in-person worship. That that's what's going on right now. Uh, right now, on a typical Sunday, we've been getting about sixty to, to seventy people showing up for for in-person worship. That's going on right now. Uh, right now, you know, we've we've already been able to launch some some great ministries that are having a, a great impact in our community and and beyond. Uh, and there's there's so much to celebrate. And that's what's going on right now. But I kind of hear God saying, hey, Kindred Church, uh, don't get fooled by your current circumstances. D- don't start thinking that, that I'm done with you. Don't start thinking that, that, that this is all there is. Because I hear God saying, I have so much more in store for you, Kindred Church. J- just like God told the ancient Judeans, I kind of hear God saying to us, hey, your community is about to grow. And your mission and your impact are about to grow as well. So enlarge the side of your tent, as, as Isaiah puts it. Uh, get ready, start preparing for a future that you can't fully see yet. As I was reflecting on it uh, this week, it, it occurred to me that this is kind of how we got to where we are today. Uh, some of you know the, the story of, of Kindred and, and how we got started, but you know there was a point where Kindred Church wasn't even called Kindred Church. There was a point when Kindred Church was just an idea. It was kind of this vague, fuzzy idea for this new church community. Uh, and then I got hired to, to help kind of flesh out that vision and to, to start bringing this new community to life. And when I first started, I didn't really know what Kindred Church was going to become. I didn't even know if Kindred Church was even really going to work. But nevertheless, I started preparing for a future that I couldn't fully see yet. Well, fast forward a few months, and and at that time, uh, Kindred Church was was literally just like a group of 10 people who were meeting in my living room. And we were dreaming, and we were trying to lay the the foundations for what this thing would be, but we still didn't know what Kindred Church would become. We still didn't know if this Kindred Church thing would, would even work. But nevertheless, we, we kept preparing for a future that we couldn't see yet. F- fast forward a, a little longer and, and the, the pandemic hit, right? Um, and, and then we're like, is it over? You know, like, should we, should we just stop? How in the world do you plant a church in the middle of a global pandemic when you can't even meet together, right? Uh, but we didn't give up. We, we just kept preparing for a future that we couldn't fully see yet, uh, last January, we, we finally were able to launch in-person worship. And then the question was like, can we keep this going? You know, are we going to be able to keep connecting with new people who, who need a, a church family like Kindred in their life? We didn't know the answer to that, but we just kept going. We, we kept preparing for a future that we couldn't fully see yet. And I hope you see the pattern here. Like at every point in our story as a church, sure enough, looking back, God was absolutely doing more than we could see at that time. And so I think it's pretty safe to say that the same is true for us right now. And I hear God calling us to, to get ready for that. Prepare for a future that you can't fully see yet. So what does that mean practically? Like what does that actually look like at this stage of, of Kindred Church right now? Uh, here, here's a few thoughts. I mean, uh, for one thing, m- many of you know that at in-person worship, uh, lately we've been getting a lot more children showing up. We've been getting a lot more families showing up. And so I kind of hear God saying to us, uh, hey, Kindred Church, uh, you're going to need to expand your, your children's ministry, right? I mean, we have some amazing volunteer leaders who have done an extraordinary job with our children's ministry. But I kind of hear God saying to us, look, you're going to start needing to add some staff support to children's ministry. So, so start getting ready for that. You know, those of you that come to in-person worship, you've probably noticed we, we started having more teenagers showing up 
to, to kindred. Uh, and that's amazing. And I think that's just going to continue as, as we grow. And I kind of hear God saying to us, hey, Kindred Church, it's not going to be long before you're going to need to start to figure out what does youth ministry look like? I hear God saying to us, get ready for that. You know, as we continue to grow, we're going to have new opportunities to expand our missions ministry so that we can serve more of our neighbors in this area. As we grow, we're going to have new opportunities to expand our online ministries just, just like this so that we can connect with more people. We're going to have opportunities to expand our, our outreach so that we can invite more people because the truth is there, there are still so many people out there who need a great inclusive church like Kindred in their life. And so I, in all these ways, I hear God saying to us, hey, get ready, start preparing for that, Because I think all of that and so much more, I think all of that is part of God's dream for Kindred Church. And so God is, is saying to us, keep preparing for a future that you can't see yet. So as we are reflecting on that and, and what that means practically for, for us, uh, here, here's my invitation for each of you. Um, first, if, if you're new to us at Kindred, if you're just visiting with us, uh, we certainly don't expect you to make a financial commitment to support our church in the upcoming year. Uh, we just hope that you'll keep coming back and we hope that you'll want to get involved with our community over the, over the long haul. But for now, in the meantime, while you're still scoping us out, uh, my invitation for you today is, is just simply, would you pray for our church? And for our ministries, if you're not comfortable with that, like no worries, no pressure on that. Uh, but we would love your prayers. We would love your prayers. Uh, that said, for, for those of us who've been at Kindred Church for some time, uh, certainly for those of us who consider Kindred to be our church home, uh, here, here's my invitation for you. Uh, several years ago, I heard a football coach say this, and it, it stuck with me. He said, a dream without a plan is a wish. A dream without a plan is a wish. We don't want God's dream for Kindred Church to just be a wish that we have, right? We don't want our dreams for Kindred Church to, to just be a wish that we have. And what that means is we need to make a plan. We need to make a plan. So my invitation for you, if, if you consider yourself uh, a member of Kindred Church, if, if, if Kindred is your church home, uh, my invitation for you is, is simply to think about uh, what's my plan for supporting Kindred in, in the upcoming year? What's my plan for supporting Kindred in the upcoming year? That, that's certainly not limited to how am I going to support Kindred financially, uh, but, but it includes how am I going to support Kindred financially. And you don't have to have a, a clear answer to that right now to, today. I'm, I'm really just trying to, to plant the seed here and, and get you thinking and, and get you praying uh, about this. Um, but on October the 30th, that's going to be our Commitment Sunday. It's kind of the, the grand finale of our generosity campaign. And on October 30th, uh, our hope and our encouragement is that all of us who, who call Kindred our church home, uh, all of us will, will be prepared uh, to, to make a, a commitment and to let the church know how much we plan to, to give financially to support the church in the year ahead. Uh, and that is just a, a really important uh, resource for us as we're budgeting. Uh, knowing how much we all plan to give really helps us as we're planning our ministries for the, the upcoming year. So again, you don't need to have any answers about that today, uh, but want to get you thinking, want to get you praying. Uh, how can I support Kindred Church in the upcoming year? What's my plan? Uh, if we can keep trusting that God is doing more than we can see right now, if we can keep preparing for, for this future that God has for us that we can't fully see yet, then we can keep living into the dream that God has for each and every one of us, and together we can keep living into the dream that God has 
for Kindred Church. Let me pray for us. Oh, generous God, uh, we are so thankful for all that you give us, God, for all that you give us individually, uh, for all that you've given us collectively as a, a church. Lord, uh, if we start to, to count our blessings, I mean, they're, they're just simply innumerable, Lord, and, and we're overwhelmed with gratitude as we think about that. Uh, God, thank you for the ways that you've journeyed with our church through its growth and development to this point. We're so excited about the future that you have in store for us, even as we, we can't always fully see what that future is. So God, uh, empower us, uh, inspire us, equip us to join with you in generosity, to, to invest and, and to keep being a part of, to keep supporting the work that you are doing here. As, as we move through this campaign over the next few weeks, uh, I pray that you would help all of us to know, give all of us the, the guidance to, to figure out what is our plan for our unique situation. What's our plan for supporting Kindred in the year uh, ahead? We, we thank you for your presence with us. We thank you for your guidance and, and for your generosity. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, friends, just a few things here quickly for us before we go. Uh, first, if you're new to Kindred Church, I would love to connect with you. And the best way to do that is if you'll click the connect link that you see in the description here, uh, then I'll be able to, to reach out to you later this week. And, and I look forward to, to saying, hey. Also, um, if you're local, we would love to see you in in-person worship. Uh, that, that's true any and, and every Sunday, uh, but we would especially love to see you in in-person worship on October 30th, which, as I mentioned before, is our Commitment Sunday. It's going to be a really inspiring and, and uplifting service when all of us who, who call Kindred our church home uh, will be able to, to make our commitments um, to support the church in the, the upcoming year, and, and that'll give us a, a clearer picture of the, the opportunities that we'll be able to, to pursue as a church together. Um, you can get all the information about in-person worship on our website. It's kindrednc.church. And then finally, be sure to click the announcements link and that'll keep you up to speed and, and up to date on all the ways that we've got for you to get engaged and get involved and, and keep growing in your faith with us here at Kindred. Well, with that, friends, remember that we love you and we hope you have a great week and may the peace of Christ be with you. Thanks for tuning in. If this message was meaningful to you, consider sharing it with a friend who might also find it meaningful. To support this ministry, to get involved with Kindred Church, or to learn more about us, check out our website, kindrednc.church. We hope you have a great week.